He's one of the most famous movie directors in the world, and he does a film that claims Jesus did not rise again from the dead. In fact, Jesus was married, Jesus was buried, and his remains have been found. This is Evidence and Answers with author, speaker, apologist, and scholar, Pat Zuckerman. My name is Kevin Harris, and today we're going to discuss the documentary that aired on Discovery Channel, The Tomb of Jesus. And today's going to be a little bit different because I actually have the opportunity to interview Pat on this important topic on my radio show in Dallas-Fort Worth. So you're going to hear from Pat today on this crucial topic of the tomb of Jesus and how do you answer allegations like this. In the meantime, go to evidenceandanswers.org for this program and many more resources. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And now let's go to my recent interview with the host of Evidence and Answers, Pat Zuckerman. We as Christians are diligent in the Word. Therefore, a lot of false teachings and a lot of this kind of hype coming out from Cameron and the Da Vinci Code and the cults can proliferate because we as Christians haven't really studied and prepared ourselves and shown ourselves approved workmen as the Bible states. And uh, also, we did a show with a scholar named Dr. Craig Evans, and he wrote a great book that you may want to refer to, Fabricating Jesus, talking about this whole movement coming out of the Northeast to recreate and fabricate a new kind of Jesus. Pat Zuckerman, uh, you know him from Evidence and Answers. You can go to evidenceandanswers.org. You know him from Probe Ministries. I want to also hear about uh, your trip to the Philippines. You yes, know? you know, the Philippines, as we uh, describe it as we're talking about, it's, it's the toilet bowl of false teaching. It seems to all drain down and go there for some reason. Really? Uh, Roman Catholicism is immensely strong, but it's not... It's very different from Roman Catholicism here. There's a lot of animism in there and a lot of false teaching. And animism is? Animism is the belief that uh, behind everything that goes on in our life, there are spiritual forces behind it. And within nature, within rock formations, waterfalls, trees, there's all these gods It's kind of like a, spirits. Uh, a nature worship, but they also yes. put a god behind it. Yes, yes, a supreme god or an impersonal force. Um, by the way, the verdict is still out on the James ossuary. A lot of people said that that was fraudulent, but there are some scholars who are saying, wait a minute, hold your horses. And we're talking about uh, this movie that James Cameron of Titanic fame was behind that has now been really repudiated. However, we think that the ripples will continue in this attack on the Christian faith and on the person of Jesus. It really cries out for us to be equipped to know why we believe what we believe Pat's got terrific resources on that, by the way, at evidenceandanswers.org. Pat, you're familiar with ancestor worship um, and, uh, and and animism and some of the other things that you that you mentioned. Is this kind of smack of uh, uh, ancestral uh, spiritual worship of some kind? Yes, it is. You know, in animism, the ancestors are key. You know, the you need to take care of the ancestors and worship the ancestors and pay them their respect or they're going to come and get you. Really? Uh, if you pay them their respect, they'll watch over you. They'll protect the family and bring you good fortune. If not, they will not. So there's, in animism, you're trying to please all, you know, all kinds of spirits. And if something bad happens, it's some it's got uh, some spiritual uh, God or forces behind it and you need to appease it through sacrifice or whatever. And, you know, one of the, Things, Kevin, you mentioned is false hope, you know, false ideas, false beliefs. You know, we don't want to build our lives on false beliefs. That's why we fight so hard for what is true mm -hmm. and what is truth. Well, if you're looking for truth, you know, and the definition of truth is what corresponds to reality, what matches up with the facts, you're going to come to the Christian worldview position. 
this ancestor worship as well is, is found in some of the Asian nations. Uh, yes. I wonder if there's an overlap here in, uh, in, in the African nations and the Asian nations as far as this spiritual view of your ancestors and they appear to you in dreams and it's almost ghost-like. Yes, you know, that's a very, very strong view. And in fact, you know, I, growing up uh, in a Japanese home, you know, uh, in, in one of our, in my grandmother's house, there is an altar, you know, mm-hmm. to the ancestors. And you burn incense to them every day. You leave some food out. Uh, not that they're going to come and eat the food or anything, but you want to show your ancestors you're paying attention to them. Because if not, uh, they're not going to protect you from the spiritual forces who are out there. In fact, they may bring misfortune on you. So atomism is built on fear, fear of the spirits. That uh, if you don't, if you offend any of the spirits, you take the wrong fruit from the wrong plant. You move the wrong rock. You step on the wrong place. Uh, the spirits are going to come and get you. And so you're constantly uh, living in fear uh, of these spirits or ancestors or spiritual forces that are out there. I would guess the scriptures have a lot to say about this uh, kind of, uh, about spiritual forces that could even masquerade as, a, as an ancestor. Exactly. Yeah, and one of the things, you know, Colossians says that when Christ died on the cross, he was victorious over the law and the spirits. And, you know, so Christ is victorious. So those who come to Christ in these animistic uh, faiths, uh, and mystic religions have great comfort knowing Christ is superior to all. And, you know, one of the dangers is that animism, it, you know, sometimes is like a parasite. Uh, it will blend in with all kinds of religions. You see animism in Islam, you see animism in uh, uh, the Chinese religions, and you see a lot of animistic beliefs uh, in Christianity as well. So if we're not careful, you know, we need to be aware of really? animistic beliefs. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, for example, um, several, uh, I don't want to generalize totally, but deliverance ministries that see a demon behind every bad thing that happens. Behind or, every rock. Yeah. Or every um, uh, sin in your life. There's a demon of this, a demon of that, a demon of, well, that's getting really close to animism. Mm-hmm. You know, when do you start saying, wait a minute, it's the flesh, it's my sin nature, uh, I've got to take responsibility and deal with my sin instead of saying, well, it's the demon of overeating. It's the demon of lust. It's the demon of this. <clears throat> it's the demon of bankruptcy, whatever it may be. Mm. You know, we got delivered. So you need to be aware when animism influences uh, your Christian faith. Therefore, you got to really study the word of God. But in the meantime, I've called you in uh, because I want to talk a little bit about this uh, this movie that James Cameron did. Even though it's kind of old news now, I do predict that things like this will continue. Uh, we've seen our share of documentaries that attack the Christian faith. You and I have addressed them. You've addressed them on your show and on your website. Um, and uh, this is one of the latest ones uh, to do so. Yes, yeah. Kevin. You know, there's been an increase in the refashioning or the remaking of Jesus into a different kind of Jesus, other than the historical Jesus and the one that's been proclaimed in the New Testament. Now, why this fabrication movement is suddenly picking up heat, we don't know. It's not picking up any steam in the academic arenas. A lot of the theories that are being presented are quite bizarre, but it's being uh, caught, you know, it's catching on with the popular media. For Hmm. some reason, there's scandal and intrigue involved, and it seems to be catching on. But this refashioning or remaking of Jesus is nothing new. In fact, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11 about false prophets, false teachers preaching another Jesus. And in 2 John, the Apostle John wrote even his day in the letter of 2 John, many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into this world. Any such person is the deceiver and the Antichrist. So even in the Apostles' time, there were false teachers 
preaching another kind of Jesus. Mm. And here, once again, with James Cameron and the Da Vinci Code and The Last Temptation and The God Who Was Not There and all these movies coming out are, once again, refashioning, remaking Jesus. And what we have here, which came out on March 4th, uh, the James Cameron Discovery Special on the, fam- the quote, supposed family tomb of Jesus is another attempt to recreate or refashion Jesus into a different image other than the historical or the New Testament Jesus. Wow. Did you get a chance to see, or were you in the Philippines when it came out? Uh, Did you get a chance to see it? Yeah, I was in the Philippines when it came out. Unfortunately, I was out there in the jungle, (laughs) and so I didn't have access to cable or the Internet. But as soon as I got back to access to the Internet, then I was able to look all of this information up. And once again, as in the Da Vinci Code, as in The Last Temptation, as in Holy Blood, Holy Grail, uh, we find ourselves dealing with another flawed theory built on some un- highly unlikely scenarios, some fishy facts, and some Hollywood hype. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, even for that scripture that you read, those two scriptures, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new about this. We have seen a growing burgeoning trend, almost a cottage industry, to try to refashion Jesus. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Seminar, Da Vinci Code. Um, you know, a lot of us have predicted that uh, this would open up this can to the extent that we see it. And it's, it's really starting to happen. And no telling uh, what's coming up. Well, what's some of your initial evaluation, by the way? Um, Discovery Channel has seemed to have seen the light to the extent that they've taken everything off their website on it. They're not going to show it again. And they've tried to distance themselves from this film because... Um, so many scholars just uh, refuted it and said it's ridiculous. Right, Kevin, let's start there. You know, one of the things that should cause us to possibly reject this theory is what the scholars say. I mean, the tomb was discovered in 1980, so we've known about it for nearly 30 years, and its lack of recognition as having any kind of connection with New Testament characters by the scholarly community who've worked on these tombs uh, is very telling. You know, most scholars, uh, I'm just going to quote about three or four, uh, some of the more prominent archaeologists who have worked on the to- on this tomb. Uh, this is what they say. Professor Amos Cloner, who worked on the tomb, did not associate the ossuaries with Jesus or any New Testament character. And he stated in several of his articles that this was a non-event and he dismisses Cameron's efforts as crass prophet-seeking. Uh, Joe Zayas, who is the curator for anthropology and archaeology at the Rockefeller Museum in Jerusalem, one of the most respected archaeologists. He was there for about 20 years, from 1972 to 1997, and personally numbered these Talpiat ossuaries and stated that Cameron is not an archaeologist and, quote, projects like these make a mockery of the archaeological profession. William Deaver, an expert in Near Eastern archaeology and anthropology who's worked in Israeli archaeology for 50 years, said this. He said, we have known about these ossuaries for many years. The fact it has been ignored tells you something. It, referring to the film, would be amusing if it didn't mislead so many people. Pat Michael Medved wrote a big piece in USA Today, and he says it's that time. uh, It's spring, coming close to Easter. And once again, we can expect, he says in this big piece, an attack on... Uh, the beliefs, particularly of Christians. Uh, He says what is very ironic about this movie that James Cameron and this uh, other filmmaker, Sinshad Jacobovici, did uh, was that Jacobovici 
did a 2006 documentary called The Exodus Decoded on the History Channel that argued for the factual basis of Moses' story. But it got no attention. He does this that uh, puts Jesus into question, and it's it's huge. You know, so there you go. Right. We're in the age where, you know, scandal sells and where there is cover up and intrigue. That's what's going to sell. And you told I, us earlier that uh, the scholars have repudiated, uh, repudiated this and re- refuted it and said there's there's nothing to this whole thing. Right. And there's just too many of them to say there's some kind of cover up here. You know, in the book written by Simka Jakobovicki. And I'm only going to pronounce that once. From here on, I'll call him Jacob, you know. Yeah. Um, S.J. Even in that book, as I was reading it, he writes it in a way that these scholars like Amos Cloner and all these guys are rejecting these facts and performing some kind of cover-up. So there's some intrigue there. And maybe that's why, you know, this book has got the kind of brief popularity that it has. But Scandal Sells. You know, that's what a lot of people are looking for. You put that kind of twist on archaeology and intrigue, and it'll really begin to sell and be uh, popular with the media. You know, Kevin, we're going over what the scholars say, but also this theory by Cameron and Jacob is built on a couple highly improbable scenarios. And just like the Da Vinci Code, I'm recycling old facts, which is kind of good for us, you know. Uh, But it's built on the fact that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. And of course, there's uh, very little proof of that. You're really going out on a limb to try to make that assertion. Uh, First of all, there's no proof in the New Testament that Jesus and Mary Magdalene were a pair. Whenever you see in the New Testament women, they are matched with their male counterpart. Mary Magdalene is not, although there's great opportunity to. She's identified with the town she's from, Migdal. So Mary Magdalene, she's never tied with Jesus at the cross when Jesus is dying. Mary Magdalene is there standing next to the mother of Jesus. Now, Jesus addresses his mother, meets her needs, but says nothing to Mary, quote, Magdalene, his, quote, wife. Very strange. And at the resurrection, when he, she sees the risen Christ, the first words out of her mouth is, Rabboni, my teacher. That's not the words you would say to your husband you just saw rise, you know, who mm-hmm. you saw die, and now he's standing there alive in front of you. You'd be saying, honey, dear, or something, you know. Uh, something more intimate. So there's no evidence from the New Testament. The second historical reference you look at are the writings of the church fathers. They say very little of Mary Magdalene, say nothing of the child, and there should be a lot written. A lot's written on Mary, the mother of Jesus, and you would expect a lot written on the child of Jesus. You know, how much of that divine nature was passed on to the child? Well, nothing, absolute silence. And so they go to where these other guys are going now, and you're seeing a popularity once again, a rise of the Gnostic Gospels. These Gnostic Gospels are written in the late, late second century to fourth century AD, so they could not have been written by the apostles they are ascribed to. They are Gnostic, they're teaching views that contradict the New Testament, for example, uh, that women are impure because they produce fleshly physical beings, and the physical is impure in Gnosticism. Yeah, women are really viewed, uh, have a, there's a low view of, of women, of, of, of anything physical in Gnosticism. Right, because in Gnosticism, that's what it's all about. There's this secret knowledge that only it's only for a few that have been enlightened that the spiritual world is pure and the physical world is impure. In fact, the physical world uh, was not made by the one, but these lesser demiurges through a projection of their mind. And actually, (laughs) those who uh, made the physical creation are the evil demiurges or the demigods. And uh, 
therefore the physical realm is impure you know and so women produce physical beings and so they are really in a lower class in here's, here's the bottom line a lot of these rogue scholars today are trying to combine gnosticism and christianity and are trying to make connections there that, that just aren't there first i thought you know we don't even need to talk about this because the discovery channel has distanced itself uh, reputable scholars have said there's nothing to it, and it was uh, you know a joke. This documentary on Jesus and everything, but uh, then I'm thinking that, the, and and I think you're thinking too that um, this is nothing new, and this kind of thing is going to continue. Right, we're going to have old news, but new kind of hype, and that's what we got here. That's what we had in the Vinci Code. That's what we had in the Gospel of Judas. Uh, just old news and new kind of hype, you know. And we're talking about the Gnostic Gospels. There's a resurgence of interest in them. Because uh, there is a liberal movement coming out of the Northeast saying that we have to recreate Jesus. And the complete picture of Jesus is not found in these four Gospels. The complete picture of Jesus is found in the four Gospels, which are, um, they question its historical reliability, uh, that uh, many question, have they been preserved accurately? You know, and they have, but they're saying they, you know, these liberals saying they have not been. And to get the complete picture of Jesus, you got you got to also add these Gnostic gospels, like Gospel of Thomas, Gospel right. of Philip, uh, and all these late right. gospels, and, and filled be. with Gnostic philosophy that contradict clearly uh, biblical teaching. And uh, they're written way too late, so they're not apostolic. They were never considered part of the canon. And here. Cameron's theory on the secret marriage of Jesus and Mary Magdalene is built on just two passages, which we question. Pat is my go-to guy when we talk about things that attack the Christian faith. Uh, this Discovery Channel documentary uh, attacked the Christian faith, even though the Discovery Channel has distanced themselves from it, and scholars have said it's ridiculous. Michael Medved said, is this uh, spelling the end of James Cameron's career? He went from the Titanic to this thing, and uh, and so on. But at the same time, it we want to make sure that you can answer these questions. So what if people say that... Uh, uh, you know, Jesus didn't really resurrect. Uh, as a Christian, how do you address that? Uh, what if he were married to Mary Magdalene, had a child named Judah, and all the outrageous things that they were saying? Another thing that comes up on this, Pat, is that I didn't want to be too hasty in saying, oh, this is ridiculous, prior to looking at the evidence, because that's what I ask our skeptical friends to do. I ask them to look at the evidence. And if they say, I don't need to look at it, and my mind's made up, then I'll say, hey, you know, you're closed-minded. So I didn't want to be closed-minded at the same time and encourage us not to. Let's look and see what the evidence brings out. Right. Fortunately for the Christian faith, uh, the evidence in this against the Christian faith failed miserably. Right. You know, and Kevin... Uh, these are actually uh, opportunities. We shouldn't see them as obstacles, as op opportunities. If Christianity is true, then it can stand up to these kinds of challenges. And it helps us to examine our faith and even investigate in areas and answer questions that we may not have been thinking of. So what you're saying is very positive, because what we can do is just say, oh, woe is me. Right. You know, it's the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we can expect it in, in tribulation and uh, persecution. But it's also a good opportunity. Right. You know, I get questions on this all the time. and. I end up, you know, you, you can't end up but sharing the gospel at the very end when you're talking to your skeptical friends and you're not the one bringing it up. They are. The more you know on the situation, the better you're going to be. For example, when they say, Mary Amene A Mara, that's Mary the Master. If, if you just know a little bit, you can say, is that correct? I mean, the Greek says there actually it's Mary and Martha. 
Mm-hmm. Where, where do you think they got Mary the Master from? You yeah. know, just start popping questions like that and hopefully tell me what you think. And then you got your opportunity. Well, here, let me tell you why I don't think it's Mary Magdalene. And John in North Richland Hills. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Kevin and Pat. Appreciate you taking my call. You bet. I was uh, curious about the uh, inscription on the ossuary that was in the Jesus tomb. I, it's been a long time since I had Hebrew, and I wasn't tracking along real well, but I noticed that whenever they transla- translated the uh, inscription on there that the order was wrong. Well, usually whenever Hebrew reads from right to left, and uh, was showing, and they wrote above the words, uh, Jesus, son of Joseph, or Yeshua bar Yosefi, mm-hmm. uh, it actually was, it read Joseph, son of Jesus in the order and i and i was curious about that nobody has said anything about it and yet whenever they they tried to link the james ossuary later on they showed the same uh inscription from the james ossuary and it had it in the right order Hmm. interesting i was curious about that did you notice that pat you know i really didn't notice it i was trying hard to read the inscription on the tomb itself and uh you know i was really concentrating on that but the guys who've translated are hebrew scholars so I'm going to take it that they had it, you know, they right. translated it correctly. Yes, I had wondered if that was an option for them to be able to put it in that order. Another thing is is that um, a lot of the scholars disagree uh, with one of the inscriptions in the ossuary that the documentary said said Jesus, and they said no, or, I mean Yeshua, and they said no, it could mean uh, this. In fact, that it probably does a- another name, you know. So yes. uh, th- anyway, there's so they had to speculate a lot. You know, yes, and it also seems strange to me that uh, since it wasn't required in any of the uh, traditions for them to put names on those boxes, except just to keep track of who was who, yeah. why would they go so far as to put Jesus' name on a box when they're trying to perpetuate a myth? Mm. Right. That would, would seem ridiculous. John, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling. Yeah, and also, you know, the inscription, as John brought up, is a good point. You know, it's Jesus, son of Joseph. He was not known by that name. He was not called by that by that name except by his uh, opponents or those who had made a mistake. Uh, his disciples and those close to him did not call him that. And especially when his brothers uh, uh, became believers after the resurrection, you know, they um, I don't think they would bury him and inscribe the name Jesus, son of Joseph. And they never called him by that mm-hmm. uh, during his lifetime of ministry, especially when they all came to be convinced he's the divine son of God. Yeshua, so, Joshua, common name, you know, at the time. And... Um, so I do want to see further excavation done, uh, Pat, because um, I think that this could actually backfire against people who are saying, see there, the skeptics are saying, you know, there's nothing to Christianity. When in actuality, we could uncover some really good stuff here as we have in the past. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, the land of Israel is small and they do a lot of construction. They got to put in new projects, new apartments and things. And often as they're digging, you know, they'll come across historic sites or ancient graves like these, and they got to do some quick work. And unfortunately, they take the artifacts that they can, like these ossuaries, put them in a museum, and the original site gets dug up, and a complex or housing complex, apartment complex goes over them, and they're really, uh, the site itself is lost forever. So unfortunately, uh, that's the case in the land of Israel. We do want to mention it again. Uh, it ended up really nothing being to it, especially what they were trying to sensationally tell us, that they'd found the remains of Jesus. It has just been repudiated. However, we do expect this kind of a thing to continue uh, in documentaries and uh, on the pop level. And the press certainly gravitates to the more sensationalistic things like this. Fabricating Jesus, this whole movement to recreate and fabricate a new kind of Jesus. 
We want to thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman on this timely topic and remind you that you can get this entire series at our website, evidenceandanswers.org. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find some of the best resources on presenting and defending your faith in Christ to an increasingly skeptical world at evidenceandanswers.org. World religions, atheism, the cults, the occult, apologetics, scientific and philosophical arguments for the existence of God, creation and evolution, the reliability of the Bible, archaeology and history, and the end times, to name but just a few. You'll find Pat Zuckerman's interviews with leading scholars and speakers on the most crucial issues facing the church and the world. Go to evidenceandanswers.org and be equipped. And right now, there's a free offer from Evidence and Answers. Pat's teaching on the Da Vinci Code deception. The Da Vinci Code book and movie will continue to impact the world for some time. And you can expect sequels and spinoffs to continue to influence people to doubt the claims of Jesus Christ. So get Pat's teaching on this important subject for free. It's yours for the asking. Just go to evidenceandanswers.org and click on Contact Pat. Evidence and Answers is supported by you, the listener, who appreciates a program that gives good answers to good questions. Our calling is to do what the Apostle Paul did on Mars Hill in Athens. He presented and defended the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll help you do the same by the grace of God. Just go to evidenceandanswers.org and any gift or purchase of resources will be a tremendous encouragement to us. And remember that this entire series is available at evidenceandanswers.org. This has been Kevin Harris. Thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman. Don't forget about the free offer we have, Pat's teaching in front of a live audience on the Da Vinci Code Deception. Go there now. God bless and thanks so much for listening. Evidence and